Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need. What is leverage? You ask. Leverage is the power to act effectively. It's a strategic advantage. It means that they want you more than you want them. They need you more than you need them. Whether you're a songwriter looking for a publishing deal, whether you're an artist looking for a record deal, you're going to need leverage to make it in this music. It's not just about your talent. And that's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. The genius that came up with that is my good friend and my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Randy is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he actually connects you to the pros. And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns a Daredevil production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. There's no S because there's no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? Hi, you, you, you know, you only called me Randy once during that intro, but uh, I'm sure nobody else noticed, but I'm sure it's because you have so much love for Randy Barber. Oh my gosh, because I've just been in a meeting with Randy all morning. Uh, <laughs> it's a total slept. Yeah, because I, I, Randy's my God, my hero, and now you are too. As, that's there you go. So. <laughs> the same way. So we're just going to leave that in there. We're just leave it. We're uh, just going to go roll. How real we are. Authenticity I sells, know, man. <laughs> Can't hurt my feelings. I got songwriter skin. You kidding me? <laughs> Right on, man. Um, So today we are going to reveal what the best predictor of success is. And I think it's going to be surprising to a lot of people. Awesome. You know, if there's one way to predict success in an artist, Mm -hmm. what would that thing, what would that thing be? And um, while, uh, while y'all out there in podcast land are mulling over that and thinking about that and trying to decide what you think we're going to say, let's take care of a little business. Yes. Should we do this tasty five-star review first? Ooh, hit me with it. Ooh, yeah. yes. We have one. It is a five-star review from Nikki and the Human Element. Uh, the It's titled, So Smart and Generous with Their Knowledge. I don't think we've done this before yet. So Mm-mm. I'll go ahead and read this for you. I've been listening to The Climb now for the past week in order to quickly get up to speed on how to promote a band and release an album. I am listening from the beginning of their podcast in order not to miss a pearly word and find myself more energized and confident than I thought possible. The advice is sage and easy to follow. They are so respectful of each other when they're calling each other by the right name and generous with their knowledge. (laughs) I am also impressed with how quickly they respond to my emails and requests for mentoring, really walking the walk. I feel like I am developing a tribe and not doing it alone as I go, you go, Nikki and the human element. Nikki, thank you so much for that tasty five-star review. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And when you get to this episode 126 or so here in about a month, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because she's been... She's starting at the beginning. <laughs> that's right. Yes, thank you, Nikki. And she did, uh, she did contact us for consulting. And, uh, man, we had a great 
uh, a great meeting and uh, they're from New York and her and her husband were, and we just you know, talked about the music business stuff she's trying to do and really helped her craft a, a, a custom plan for what she's doing. And the man, they, you would like this stuff that, that they do. It's off center. It's, it's mm-hmm. like this jazz groove soul thing. That's just really neat, man. And, and cool. I really enjoyed their music. So thank you. Thank you, Nikki. I, thanks for sharing that uh, w- with our community and for sharing your music with me. And, and, um, and I'm so blessed and pleased that uh, what we talked about is actually working for her. So that's cool. Awesome. So what other business we got? Well, uh, hey, if you haven't joined the climb community yet, please do so. Uh, man, how active is, I mean, I'm just so excited about everybody helping everybody else. And, and there's a lot of activity on the climb community. Mm -hmm. Um, people talking about songs, about lyrics, about melodies, about marketing, about everything that the climb podcast entails and they're helping each other out, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, every, it seems like every day that I go there, there's another handful of people that uh, we're going to let in. So just search for the climb community on Facebook. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in, but if you continually become obnoxious and spammy, we will roadhouse you. We're not afraid to do that. So, so be good boys and girls. And Brent and I, uh, still at some point, this, this may not be the truth, but as of now, we're still pretty good at getting commenting and getting in touch with Anybody that asks a question on that. Yeah, yeah. We try to be helpful as much as we can. Yeah, and uh, on the podcast, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Make sure that uh, that uh, you get the full episode every Tuesday and the mini-sode every Friday. And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about finding us and whether or not you catch the right social media thing. It's just right there, ready to go whenever you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And share it if you like this. There's no better way for for us to to come in contact with a new listener than a referral by you saying hey this is cool information you're gonna like it there's gonna be something in there for you if you're a songwriter there's gonna be something in there for you if you're an indie artist who writes songs there's gonna be something in there if you're an indie artist trying to market yourself that's gonna help you make a move today and, and, and get better so share it with other people it'll make you cool and i'm missing one thing what am i missing uh let's see here you already leave a rating and review yeah we're good mm-hmm. <laughs> be as cool as Nikki Nerdin and huh. leave a five star rating review. Tell everybody what you think about this. If we helped you, let them know because it helps people who are thinking about spending a little bit of time to get to know us. Uh, it, it makes them believe that hey, this is really going to be worth it. It's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's worth it because in the beginning it's a risk. You don't know, right? And then right. You get in, you're like, oh, boom! I love that I did this. So with that, um, yes. I want to talk about. Uh, this study that was done, um, I, I, it's, you know, it's been a while since I, uh, I have to admit, I haven't read Bob Lefsitz in a while, but th- there have been multiple uh, podcast episodes where we have taken a subject matter that uh, Bob Lefsitz has talked about in his blog. It's called the Lefsitz letter, L-E-F-S-E-T-Z, as in zebra, the Lefsitz letter. Google that if you're not a part of it. Everybody in the industry reads this dude's uh, blog. It, industry people, artists, everybody. He's, he's, um, he's really, really brilliant. He's, he's a, he gets a little political sometimes, but don't let that get in your way. Uh, he's right on point with technology and with what's going on with the music business. So there's really good nuggets in there. Uh, if you know how to find them and he wrote a blog a while back here about a, um, well, it, it was, it, it was a, 
study that was done by the University of Pennsylvania. It was a psychology professor named Angela Duckworth. And 100% of the 2,800 subjects studied showed that grit, which is defined as passion and perseverance over long-term goals, is the best predictor of success. Now, I'm going to read that again because this is so important. Grit is the best predictor of success, even when it's negatively offset with poor or mediocre talent. Mm. I proved this my damn self. You know, I, 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 I love to tell people I clawed my way to middle management with the vocalist thing here. I wasn't going to ever win American Idol, but <clears throat> I certainly made a living seven years on the road being a lead singer in a rock band uh, because um, we figured out what we were strong at and we built the show around that and we never absolutely never gave up. And in my experience as an artist, as a songwriter and a producer and the producer constantly confirm that in the entertainment world, and, and I know this to also be true in just business everywhere, that sticking around longer than everyone else is willing to mm. will pen will is going to pay off eventually. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I'm largely the same story because you know, I don't, I don't sing. I don't spend my time on learning how to play guitar. So uh, as a lyricist, somebody that doesn't write melody, doesn't sing melodies, doesn't play guitar or, or keyboard or any other instrument, managed, you know, get some cuts and some hits. Yeah. And that's because of work ethic, not because of natural talent. You have a natural gift, you know, a knack for words, but uh, a lot of songs before any of them ever monetized and a lot to overcome. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, I mean, obviously you got to make a move every day. You've got to keep working, but the longer that you have to wait for the big break, provided that, provided that you're still doing the work and you're not saying, you're not sitting on the couch watching TV, waiting for your big break, you know, like as long as you're working, as long as you're making a move every single day and you're trying to improve your art, you're trying to improve your show, you're trying to improve your, your songwriting, your, your, your playing and, uh, and your business and your networking and your marketing, as long as you're making moves on all that stuff, the longer it takes for your, you know, quote unquote, big break, the more prepared you're going to be to handle it emotionally and business wise. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> the more ownership you're going to have out of it. Um, I mean, back to my voice, I, I, you know, I was pitchy when I started out, I'm still pitchy now. Any professional singer would be like, how did you do it? And I, I got good enough where I wasn't driving people out of the club. <laughs> you know? and, 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 uh, but the, the entertainment was, was good. You know, we had killer background vocal harmonies. I'm not, like mm -hmm. I said, I'm not going to sing, um, a Michael Bolton song and blow your mind just with my voice. It's, it's got, there's, there was a collective effort and I knew that. And, and, um, the, uh, the perseverance of getting through all the thousand speed bumps we have just to get to the point that we got to was exactly everything that got me there. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you, you, the more you're in it, the more you learn. We, I mean, we were just four kids from a small town in southeastern Wisconsin who somehow managed to make a living touring for the better part of six years before social media, before um, we had the reach that all the artists have now. Mm -hmm. And we did it with grit. We took risks. We weren't afraid to fail. 
you know, did we fail? Yeah. So many times have I talked about the tour and what it cost and <laughs> right. what we made and what it cost, you know, um, <clears throat> we learned how to be profitable. Um, in the heat of the moment, when I was there, the speed bumps that we hit, man, straight up, they pissed me off. Mm -hmm. I wound up about it. I lost sleep about it. I, it mattered to me. I was passionate about it. And I was negative in my head like most artists are, but we still moved forward in the face of that negativity to get around the speed bump. We learned to expect challenges on a daily basis. We learned that any negativity was non-productive. We can't focus on what we don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to focus on what we do have. And um, I, there's something else that comes to my mind. Man. Grit spawns at least one immediate tangible benefit. What's that? Respect. Hmm. Like when we moved to Florida, uh, Bud Snyder moved us down there and Bud owned a studio. He did all the pre-production. He was in the Allman Brothers family. He did all the pre-production for the Allman Brothers in his studio, Telstar in Sarasota. He was the engineer that worked with Tom Dowd on, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all Greg's vocals. Uh, Tom Dowd was the famous producer that produced the Allman Brothers and Derek and the Domino's record and all that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, we were blessed to be the recipients, the recipients, uh, down in Sarasota of constant goodwill just from like every angle because people respected that we had the guts, the stones to move to Florida and follow our dream. And we did it as a team, right? Mm -hmm. We weren't like an artist with a backing band or anything like that. It was just the four of us. And, mm -hmm. and we had many, many mission critical favors that were handed to us simply because people knew that we were putting it all on the line. And, and, and there's going to be people and Brent, you've seen this a million times. Like when you see somebody take the risk, take, become vulnerable, put themselves out there, there's a contingent of people who are going to spit poison at you mm -hmm. and try to knock you down. And oftentimes, sadly, those are people that are closest to you, family members sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. you're never going to make it. You got two weeks before you come crawling back or, or blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I promise you that the only reason that anybody would go out of their way and expend the energy needed to be so negative is because you're upsetting them, you yeah. know, with your grit, you have grit and they didn't. And you're reminding them of that every single day. And it's painful to them. Um, but and the, and the flip side of that too, is the respect you get the people that are inspired by what you do. Uh, Cause I ran into that too, at yeah. least verbally. That's what I got when I was moving from little rock to Nashville with no publishing deal, no job, <laughs> none of that stuff. It's like, well, quit my job moving. Okay. And you know, but people knew why I was moving and, and I had more than one person, you know, remarked to me. It's like, man, that's really inspiring. That's really cool that, you know, you're going out and you're chasing your dream. Yeah. I mean, Brent, we had, I, I can't even, I can't even think of all the breaks that we got like top three breaks. Um, that we all worked at this one, when we first moved down there, it took about six months for us to kind of get established and be fully on the road. And for that six months, we all had jobs and we all worked at the same place at this phone room for the Florida Police Benevolent Association, getting people to donate to whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody in the band sucked. I was really good and I kept them all employed, but our boss loved the band, loved that we were down there together, loved that we were doing this thing. And to your point, he, it, man, he would 
like fire us and then rehire the guys like, like JMO, Marty, they were terrible. They just couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And he would just keep a paycheck coming in for them because he knew I was, I was making it work on the sales thing, but he did it for the band. You know, he did it out of respect for the grit. And, um, a second one, uh, Hyatt Finley, we call him Hi-Fi. He had, there's a huge, huge chain music store down there. This is before Guitar Center existed, but it was called Thoroughbred Music and they have a really big business. And that's where most people went. Hi-Fi owned this little mom and pop music store mm-hmm. that, that was overshadowed by big Thoroughbred Music's multiple locations and all that. Man, this guy. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. just went out of his way to make sure we got more than what we should have got on trade-ins and stuff when we were desperate for this guitar head or that guitar or whatever to keep us on the road and to keep us working and we gave him every ounce of business that we had to give him every week with drumsticks guitar head or drum drumsticks drum heads guitar strings you know whatever the the sort of normal road Mm -hmm. stuff you got to buy every week you know to to keep going like like we did all that through him but man we we that was all because he just would flat out tell us like, I can't believe you guys are down here doing this. I'm going to do whatever I can to support you, you know? So to, mm-hmm. again, to your point, like there's really great people that come out of the woodwork and say that, um, a family that, that came out, that came out and, and, uh, so we would be down there three different Thanksgivings. We had to work around Thanksgiving and couldn't afford the time to get home and come back. And so, we were invited to their amazing house to have like three turkey dinner, like just treated nice. like kings. And, yeah. and you know what? They love the grit. And uh-huh. the, the, I think of the story from, um, if you ever read the book on uh, Paul Mitchell, the hair salon, mm-hmm. uh, the hair product guy. With your hair, um, I can understand that you've read that. Yeah, I mean, it's um, <laughs> what. <laughs> so with your well, hair, I can understand. Not for nothing, I needed some. You know, I need a little input on the spikes, and, and yeah. was there for me, he was there for me. But um, it, he talks about when they started that company, they were selling that stuff out of the trunk of his car in Europe, and they had 
think about what it takes to make shampoo. You got to have somebody to actually make the shampoo. Mm -hmm. You got to have a bottle to put the shampoo in. Mm -hmm. Label and all that. A label. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Well, he's like, man, we were on net 30 with all of our vendors that were providing that stuff. And he's like, I can think of like 750 different times when we should have gone belly up, but we got an extra week out of the vendor yeah. <laughs> and we got a big order through. And then we were able to pay up what we needed to pay up. And, and that's how they built that empire. That's grit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's great. When a thousand people could come in and say, well, this is stupid. You're not making any money. Like what, what are you doing? You know, well, I believe in it. Yeah. And now how big is it? Like <laughs> huge. Yeah. You know, Winston Churchill said that responsibility is the price of greatness. Hmm. And the longer you continue to pursue excellence in music, in the music business and songwriting, the more you learn about how much responsibility is required to make it happen. And the more responsibility you take, the closer to greatness that you get, you know, Hmm. I mean, you must know, a bunch of people who on paper look like they were doing nothing, right? Nothing mm-hmm. going backwards. It, they like yeah. you, 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 any normal rational person would be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You need to, <laughs> you need to go do this or go do that. And then right. boom, that's right when they turn the corner and they got a break, which led to the next break, which led to the next break, mm-hmm. which now they make some kind of a living, mm-hmm. you know, making that happen. I mean, that's everybody. I mean, everybody in the music business seems like, you know, we're like every writer I know that's successful. Every, you know, myself was all like skimming along the bottom, not nothing much happening until it started happening. When we work with an artist, um, the obviously, I mean, talent factors in, but I see more, really, really talented artists with no grit. Mm-hmm. Then I see um, mediocre artists with all the grit in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's an artist out there that made you want to become an artist that made you, or a songwriter, made you want to become a songwriter, whatever, like there are some that are out there and you're just like, man, what are they? They suck. Mm-hmm. How are they famous and rich? And I'm not. Right. Grit. Grit. Oh, that's so much of it. I can think of, you know, some, you know, country was what I know best. And I can think of, you know, one artist in, in mind in particular, I think of who shall remain nameless in case, you know, he, he wants to cut one of my songs one day, but you know, you look at this guy and he's a huge superstar, but why is this guy huge? Yeah. You know, when there's like, he doesn't have the, you know, doesn't have the, especially when this guy started out, he's been around a while, doesn't have the traditional, like, you know, hunk looks, not great vocals. Like what's why, you know, mm-hmm. why this guy, great. Yeah. He works, great. He makes great songs or writes great songs, knows his audience and works his tail off. Yeah. It's not the guy that he's not the guy that's going to why you with his vocals or with his looks or any of that stuff. It's just, gets it done yeah it's, it's, and, and, it's gone through different record labels you know the first record label wasn't even a country label <laughs> you know yeah. and then that folded and got another deal and why just grit and you got to respect that 
Yeah. And it's, listen, the, the point of us taking the time and, and putting this particular episode and making it about this particular subject matter is that whether you are the greatest singer in the world that would make Whitney Houston, you know, look like a, one of the first audition things on American Idol where they just totally stink, right? Cause you're that good. Mm-hmm. Or, whether you're mediocre and you're not sure if you got what it takes to make it. Every single artist, whether they're amazingly talented or have a mediocre amount of talent has to have grit Mm -hmm. to make it. That's the one thing that's not only is it the best predictor of success, the earth, let me rephrase. The reason it's the best predictor of success is because you can't have it without grit. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think that you're going to get to the point where you can make a living doing, being an artist, being a songwriter. And I, again, I, you know, I say artist, but I, and I have to make the, I, I, songwriter, you, what you do, Brian, as a lyricist is just so baffling to me that it's art (laughs) in my mind. You know what I mean? You are an artist, even though you're not an artist. And in the industry, we have to separate the two. And I I often. Yeah, right. Because in industry terms, artist is the singer. Yeah, it, the right. one behind the mic, and and then the songwriter's the one that writes the song. But yeah, we're we're all artists in a in certain definition of that term. But I'll rephrase. So if you're going to make a living doing your art, right, mm-hmm. doing doing something in this business, then you have to have the the must have is the grit. Everything else you can learn along the way. Mm-hmm. Right. You can learn to be a good enough singer and be a better performer and connect with the audience than somebody who's maybe vocally 10 times better than you. Right. Mm-hmm. But can't connect with the audience. If you're a songwriter, you can get better if you're pursuing excellence mm-hmm. and you have the responsibility and the self-awareness to continue to improve. Your grit will bring you from point A to point B and get you into the right circles. And um, don't worry about how it looks on paper. And the more people that are telling you you're an idiot, means you're probably doing it right. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, you're probably doing it right. Like I'm far more interested in the grit in, in anybody, like even in, I'll give you an outside the music industry example real quick. I was setting up sales offices for this, um, electronics, uh, product that I was selling, you know, that walk on water product. And we were Mm -hmm. in Boston and we were, uh, interviewing, all these sales guys. And I remember it's one sort of usual suspect after the other. These guys are, they've been in the electronics industry for 25 years and they have these relationships and they're telling me about this and about that. And I was like, bored, 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 bored. And this one kid comes in and I I just, I liked his energy right away. I could feel his grit, you know, Mm -hmm. young guy. And he's like, we're like, what do you, what what are you here for? He's like, well, I tell you something. Straight off the bat, I don't know anything about electronics. And now I'm interested. Like, what? How? How? Like, how yeah. bold does he have to be to show up to an interview <laughs> about selling electronics and start off with? I don't know anything about what you guys are doing. And so now right. I'm just interested. You know? Okay. Why are you here? Well, I'm in uh, the home development, the home business. I make homes. And um, he said, uh, I, you know, I recently got married and. Um, in this, in the home business, if you're going to make a profit, you got to cut corners. And I hate cutting corners. It doesn't sit with me. Like it, he's telling me it's against his 
mm-hmm. his core exactly. values, you yeah. know? So he said, I promised my wife I'd, I, I'd get out of it. And so that's why I'm interested in this. And so one of the questions in the interview we asked him was like, what's one of the things you're most proud of? And he tells me, well, all right, well, we're finishing up this one home, but we're not done with it yet. It's at the end of a cul-de-sac. And he goes, we're working. It's got a big picture window in the front of the house and we're finishing something up in there. I don't know if it was drywall or whatever. And he notices this car come down to the cul-de-sac and it stops and it's there for a little while while he's working. He's like, well, that's weird, whatever. Then they drive off and I don't know, an hour later, the same car comes back and he's looking again. And then he kind of notices, right when he notices the same car, they drive off again. And a short time later, it comes back again mm-hmm. the third time. And he drops whatever he has in the tools and runs out in the middle of the street in front of him <laughs> and says, stop. And then people are freaking out. He's like, you've been down here three times. Why don't you walk in and take a look at it? I know you're thinking about this house because yeah. we sold it. I was like, you're hired. Like right there. That's what <laughs> I wanted. Grit. Like, you know what? Like you can't script that. That's, that's just yeah. his. That's just the, the, the will to make it happen that, that birthed that story and that yeah. success and that win, you know, and that's what it takes to, to make it in this industry. You just mm-hmm. got to be willing to stick around more than everybody else. And that's the thing because it is, it's a no business, you know, show yeah. business is a no business. You hear no, 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 again and again. And you got to have that grit to take them and keep on trucking. Yep. Because right. everybody gets tons of no's, even when you're successful. How many haters do the biggest people, the artists on the planet have? Tons of them. Few people have more haters than artists like Taylor Swift, you know? Oh, yeah. Artists like uh, Drake. Yeah. Whoever, you know, whoever it is. So, yeah, tons of haters. And you know what? You're going to have, and at the beginning, you're going to have more haters than people that love it. Yep. <laughs> you know, you have more no's than yeses, but you got to keep going and keep working on your craft. And, and then some of those no's start flipping to maybes and some of those maybes start flipping to yeses. Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't come easy. In, in uh, the last story, I'll, I'll finish up here that I, I just popped into my mind was, if you, Brent, have you ever heard that, the, the backstory on Sylvester Stallone with Rocky? Yes, it's a good one. So good. I mean, if yeah. you guys haven't heard this, it's got, he's down to, he's written this script for Rocky, which is what launched Sylvester Stallone as a Hollywood A-list superstar. He's written the script for Rocky. He's got straight up $2.14 mm. in his bank account. He's so broke that, and this is going to really wind a lot of people up. He sells his dog at a liquor store for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. He's broke. He needs help. The next day he gets the call from the studio. They want to make Rocky. This is his big break. They're going to offer him a half a million dollars for the script. And he says, no, because I want to act in it unknown actor, unproven. And they're like, you gotta be kidding me. And he's like, no, I'm Rocky. And I want to be Rocky. I want to act in it. So all of a sudden that $500,000 goes down to, I think he got like 60, 60 grand. Mm -hmm. And they let him act. Of course, the budget for the movie went plummeting. Way down. Yeah. Cause they had like Robert Redford or whoever, you know, that they were wanting to get for it. A bankable artist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he goes, 
pushes forward and makes uh, Rocky wins an Oscar. I think maybe multiple Oscars, but he definitely got one for the script, which was, by the way, pretty killer script, right? Mm-hmm. Buys his dog back and gets <laughs> Shanghai for like 50 grand, right? The guy sells him back like, cause he knows he's got money. He's like, but he bought the dog back cause he felt so guilty, but there it is, right? Like in mm-hmm. the face of that, looking over the edge of the abyss, $2 and 14 cents left. And he didn't make a money decision. He made an art decision. That was grit. Mm-hmm. It was grit, you know? So guys, if you got grit, then you absolutely have the one thing that I promised you as somebody who's been blessed to be in proximity to a lot of really, really, really amazing talent that you haven't heard of yet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's the one thing that's missing from the, the greatest singers that you've never heard of is grit. So you've got the one thing that you need, the rest of it, you can figure out. Right. And I just wanted to get some positivity in there and say, man, this is, you got to keep going. Yeah. Grit is what allows you to keep going long enough to get those other skills. That's right, man. So um, listen, uh, if you guys would, uh, th- this is what we're about here. We're about, imp- you know, imp- improving, getting your artists better, teaching you how to grow your audience, teaching you how to take the next step forward, teaching you how to make one move a day. That's going to get you closer to where you need to go. Uh, get in touch with us, schedule a consulting call today. It, it, you'd be amazed at what we can cover in, in just one or two hours. There is a cost to it. Of course, you're taking up an hour or two of my time, but reach out at info at daredevilproduction.com. Once again, production is singular. There is no S info at daredevilproduction.com in the subject line, put consulting, and we will set up a time to uh, get on the phone and talk about what you need to talk about. Whatever it is that you think we could help you with. We'll craft something custom, give you some sage advice and get you moving in the right direction. You're going to feel great about it. You're going to feel good about applying some of this new knowledge and maybe working your way out of a little funk that you might be in right now. And and you'll start to feel this way and get your grit back. Okay. So uh, that brings us to the end of another killer climb episode. Join the climb community. If you haven't already Mm -hmm. asked to be let in, we'll roadhouse you. If you're obnoxious, just uh, search for it on Facebook, Uh, subscribe to the podcast to make sure you get all the episodes automatically as they slide into your phone magically from nowhere Mm -hmm. and uh, share it with your friends, with your bandmates, with your other songwriter community friends, let them know that it exists because the numbers keep showing. We broke another record last year, Brent. Congratulations. Yeah. Last month, yep, uh, 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 like by a thousand downloads, which is like really super exciting, and it just shows that the content resonates with people. Like once they get in, they're learning and they're excited to to, to do more. And then finally, um, take take a couple seconds and leave a five star rating and a review and let other people know what you think. So this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing, and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 